From JCW's in Provo, welcome to the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner for Week 11 of the BYU football season. BYU getting ready for UMass this Saturday. We're getting ready for the game by chatting with BYU's coordinators. This week we have BYU Offensive Coordinator Ty Detmer with us from 12 to 12.30. Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb with us from 12.30 to 1. We are exclusively on Facebook Live this week. Uh, we're not on the radio this week. We're back on ESPN 960 next Monday. This week it is Facebook Live only. So good to have you with us on the BYU football Facebook page. You can join the broadcast by getting right into the window and in the comments section you can uh, pose questions right there for coaches Detmer or Coach Lamb coming up at the bottom of the hour. We are indeed brought to you by Legend Solar. Don't settle for any solar provider. Go with the Legend. Schedule your free consultation at LegendSolar.com and start saving today. A proud sponsor of BYU football. Let's get right into it. Coach Detmer, thanks for being with us. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to be back. Bowl eligibility was secured this uh, past Saturday against Southern Utah, and among the many different milestones a program can uh, aspire to and achieve, that's a big one. So congratulations. And uh, just how important was it that this program play in the postseason again in your first year as a staff together? Yeah, I think it was uh, very important for us. Uh, that was, uh, you know, one of the things going in that you always want to keep that streak alive and, and give the guys something to play for at the end of the year. And and uh, give your seniors, you know, that one last game. So uh, San Diego's always been a, a great place to play a bowl game, and, and uh, I think our group's excited to be able to go down there and uh, get another game under our belt. Your last ever BYU football game was played in the same stadium. You'll be coaching your first ever bowl game as a collegiate coach. Yeah, great memories. Uh, didn't always work out well for us in the Holiday Bowl, but uh, we had some big games down there, and uh, – you know, the weather's usually pretty good and the turf and uh, all those things. So it's usually a great bowl game and uh, looking forward to being back. Back in the day when you could still tie a game, that's what happened in your final game at BYU. <laughs> it is, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, kind of a poor throw at the end. Uh, you know, got intercepted and uh, ended up tying Iowa. And so kind of a tough way to go out. You don't win, you don't lose. It's uh, It was kind of like, all right, you know, season's over. <laughs> kind of anticlimactic. Career's over at that point, too. That was your last one. What was it like to walk out of that stadium for the final time as a BYU player? Do you remember? It's a, yeah, it's a strange feeling because it's kind of like, now what? Because um, every you know every year you're usually kind of looking forward to the next one. And then when that one hits, kind of like your senior year in high school. Um, although coming out of high school, you kind of know where you're going to school. Um, or, or I did anyway. But, yeah. um, you know, that last one for college is kind of the great unknown. What's going to happen now and, and what am I going to be doing? Uh, so it's kind of surreal. What happened next was a 14-year NFL career. When you left the stadium that night, certainly you had aspirations to take it to the next level. Do you look back now and, and, and say, man, I, I, I was a 14-year NFL guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, when people say that, it's like, man, that's a long time. Uh, because the careers in the NFL – last probably about an average of a th maybe a third that long right yeah it's uh you know i was pretty lucky to be able to go to green bay and to have a lot of those assistant coaches become head coaches um all across the, the nfl and so kind of gave me opportunities to go and, and to be on different teams but uh never thought it would be that long uh leaving college you know you're just hoping to get your foot in the door at that point was that the best first place to go to do you think considering everything that was going on with that sideline with brett there and then all the coaches you just talked about that you had a lot of great football minds working with you yeah no question uh for one you know when you when you leave college and you get drafted by a team you're kind of thrown into that city and uh I can't imagine it being New York or Philadelphia and a big city leaving Provo and and there I got to go to Green Bay which is kind of like a college town and I lived 15 minutes from the stadium and that was on the outskirts of town so uh, it was a perfect place uh, to go and to, to leave college and to go to and then to have you know Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, Steve Mariucci, Dick Geron, Ray Rhodes, John Gruden. What a staff! Uh, number, yeah, all these guys that were there that went on to become head coaches. Uh, you know, it was, it was perfect uh, timing and perfect place for me to go. Uh, how long did it take after you got to Green Bay for Andy Reid to make himself uh, known to you? Yeah, not long. He uh, he had me over for dinner right away, and you know that BYU connection runs strong. So it was uh, it was great to have him and his family uh, a part of my adjustment time. Of course, a big part of your time there is always going to be linked to Brett. Do you guys still stay in touch? We do. Um, he uh, you know he's contacted me, and we we keep in touch, mainly talking hunting a little bit more than anything. <laughs> but um, you know I, I got to see him. 
a couple, you know, a year and a half ago when he was inducted into the, the Packer Hall of Fame, my wife and I flew up for that, and it was kind of neat to be back. We really hadn't spent any time in Green Bay, and so we went up a couple days early and, and saw some friends and, and uh, kind of toured around and memory lane a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, we still keep in touch every now and then. Do you think he's ever been to Utah? He has. I, somebody told me he came out here hunting, and he stopped by. Uh, I think he might have stopped by one, a couple of the schools, and and uh, you know spoke to the team. And and I, somebody told me he came by Green Bay or uh, BYU, and and stopped. You know, just toured through campus a little. This bit. could have been when. Now, what are you talking about? Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was. So um, he's been out here, and and uh, I'd love to have him back. At I was going to say, do, do you think he would accept an invitation if you were to say, "Come on out and uh, come see a game, talk to our team, hang out for a bit"? I'm sure he probably would. Yeah, he's you know he's doesn't have a ton going on, but he's <laughs> one of those guys that he's kind of a homebody. You know, it's hard to get him out of there unless there's a, uh, a hunt or something like that tied to it. You guys hunt together. We haven't, not since Green Bay. Um, so just you know, but you schedules. did back then. We did a few times. Yeah, he was, he was kind of amateur uh, back then. <laughs> He'd show up in his sweatpants and uh, <laughs> tennis shoes and <laughs> real so hunting gear. We had a good yeah. time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the great thing about being in Wisconsin is you're not too far away from where you'd want to be in terms of that going, right? Yeah, no. Uh, we used to go out, uh, you know, on Tuesdays for a day off, and so we'd we'd go out on Tuesdays. And uh, I even heard later in his career he would head out you know before practice a lot of times because i mean you're you're right on the edge of town but like i said you're 15 minutes from the stadium and and i mean there's deer all over the place all right nfl detour to start the show here but uh, yeah byu <laughs> did defeat southern utah uh, 37 on 7 saturday to get uh, bowl eligible uh that was a game in which we saw you uh bring tanner mangum in uh when the game was still a game i guess did you have an idea more or less that you'd, you'd want to get him some time, kind of regardless of score. How did you want to handle the Cubes this uh, this past week? Yeah, we wanted to um, uh, get him in with some meaningful time and not just, uh, you know, get in there at mop-up duty if, if that's what it turned into. But um, so, you know, we kind of wanted to see how the game developed and kind of gave him a heads up. Hey, it was after the second touchdown. If, if we get the ball back here pretty quick and we got decent field position, you're going. And, and so he was ready to go and, and itching to get in there. So it was fun to see him get some playing time. By the way, we're on Facebook Live exclusively today. No radio this week. Back on 960 next Monday. Uh, we're on BYU Football's Facebook Live page. Go there, open the window with the show, and you can uh, pose questions for Coach Detmer on the uh, comments window there. And admit with not really a question but a great observation that Ty's voice is perfect for radio. And I would agree on that one. I've been uh, told I have a face for radio too. So. <laughs> At least the voice. I don't want to say the face <laughs> part. But, uh, yeah, I, I think when uh, when you're on the headset on game day, guys uh, really uh, recognize the voice of authority there. So uh, both your quarterbacks played really well by the numbers and I guess you could say against an FCS you want to make sure that it's an efficient day but really uh you know things were clicking for both guys in a way that probably made you pretty happy yeah it did uh you know we, we had some still some some things where we took a couple bad sacks and uh, had a chance to throw the ball away uh, a couple times both guys did and so um, you want it to be clean um, but you know those both those guys are Great competitors. I think they felt like they can get out of trouble at any time and never want to say die on a play, and sometimes it gets you in trouble. And so, uh, But overall, we were 79% throwing the football and uh, really efficient, uh, accurate on, on everything we did and made some big plays in there. So I was, uh, I was pleased with the quarterback play. It was Taysom's 31st game as a BYU starter. His best ever single-day pass efficiency rating was Saturday against Southern Utah. Jake Atwood on Facebook Live with a question. Has K.J. Hall been practicing as good as he played on Saturday? He looked very promising in the time he was in there, says Jake. Yeah, K.J. has been a guy that he gets a a limited amount of reps at times, uh, but with uh, Jamal being injured and Squally's thumb, he got a little more work uh, the last couple weeks, and so – uh, all that work's paid off, and he's a guy that, that we feel really comfortable with being in there, obviously, and, and uh, just needs the time. And so it was great that he could get in and get some real meaningful playing time and kind of show what he can do. And, and you can see, you know, there were times where he got kind of caught by surprise by a safety coming across the field or some of those things that uh, you got to kind of shake the rust off. You know, it's one thing to see it in practice, but then when the live bullets are flying, mm-hmm. it's another thing. So, uh, it was nice that he and, and Colby Hansen could get a little time in there and get some carries and 
feel comfortable uh, with what was going on and shake some of that rust off. You didn't get to play with uh, with KJ's dad, Kalen. He came just the season after you left, really, in 1992. Uh, they might have been looking at him the season you were there. He came out of JUCO. Uh, so some good bloodlines there with, with Kalen. And uh, KJ's not the only haul in the pipeline here, is he? <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, we recruited Jaron, uh, his brother, as a quarterback, and, and he's a kid that I've worked with at some of the camps and things and can make every throw and uh, – Obviously a good athlete, but, uh, you know, he's got a chance to be a great quarterback. So uh, I've known uh, Kalen for a long time, and it's great to see his boys getting in there and, and having a chance. Right after Ty left in 91, 92-93 were the years that uh, Kalen Hall and Jamal Willis were kind of the dynamic duo at the BYU, and they were really good together. All right, before the break, uh, quickly, Andrew Dixon on Facebook Live says, Ty, thank you for tossing the football with my son in the football office on Friday afternoon. Thank you for being so willing to interact with us, especially the youngsters. How high a traffic area is that football office? <laughs> it's fairly high. Uh, <laughs> we get, especially around a game, a home game, you know, we get people coming through. And uh, Jack DeMooney, hashtag Jack DeMooney, he's, <laughs> he's uh, always bringing a crew through and, and uh, showing people around. So uh, that's the way, you know, we want it. And Kalani's vision is to, to, to have everyone feel like they're a part of it. And so we get... We get people coming through every now and then, but you know, generally it's on a Friday or something like that where we got a little more downtime. The game plan's done, and you're just kind of right, little looser. Up loose ends. Yeah, right. gotcha. Right before the break, one more in before we hit the break. Uh, EC asking, uh, many teams are bringing back the wildcat or direct snap. Uh, would BYU do that, and uh, and who might be a good person in that position? That's a good question. Uh, man, we haven't really talked about it much, but you know, any of your running backs or guys that you feel comfortable with uh, carrying the ball would be in that position. Uh, obviously, you, you'd love to have a guy that could throw it too, but you know, maybe an, a Levahifo or a, a Jonah Treneman even, um, you know, has done some of those things, I think, back in high school a little bit. So um, you want a guy that could be a potential dual threat, but at the same time would be able to run it downhill and between the tackles. You've kind of already got a natural wildcat in Taysom Hill. He can, he can already kind of do both for you. So, All right, we'll take a break. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're at JCW's in Provo. Ty Detmer till the bottom of the hour. And then on uh, at uh, 1230 to 1, it is uh, BYU Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb. So at the bottom of the hour, Ty right now. More questions for Ty coming in on BYU Football Facebook Live. We're exclusively on Facebook Live today. No radio this week. Back on 960 next week. So go to BYU Football's Facebook page. Search BYU Football. Easy to find. Open up the window. We are live on video until 1 o'clock. So we're back right after this. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner at JCW's in Provo. Back right after this. Fans, if you're looking for a place to take the family before or after the game, stop into JCW's. With their huge menu of burgers, wings, salads, and more, everyone gets what they want. JCW's, the Burger Boys, located in American Fork, Lehigh, Provo, where we do the show, and in South Jordan, quality and a lot of it jcw's we are at jcw's in provo every monday 12 to 1 for the legend solar coordinators corner legend solar proud to sponsor byu football schedule your free consultation today and find out how much you could save at legendsolar.com a sun power elite dealer greg rubel with ty detmer byu's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Ties with us till 12.30 at Lamb. Special teams coordinator coming up at 12.30. We are exclusively on Facebook Live this week. The BYU Football Facebook page. No radio this week. Back on ESPN 60 next Monday. We're taking questions for Ty from BYU Football's Facebook page. Simple question from Sherry Ferguson coming in. Uh, what caused you to put Tanner Mangum in when you did? We kind of talked about it earlier and even earlier in the season. The intention would have been to have him play even before this past week's a meaningful series, right? Yeah. Um, you know, just the the schedule we've had and the type of games we've been in uh, hadn't really allowed for for us to really get anybody in the game other than the, the starters and those kind of things at all positions. So um, this week we kind of went in feeling like, um, you know, Southern Utah was a team that, that we might be able to, to play a few more guys offensively. They were struggling a little bit and, and uh, felt pretty comfortable um, putting putting guys in a little earlier in the game than, than you normally would. So the, the plan, uh, you know, with Coach Satake was to try to get Tanner in early in a meaningful time. Um, so that it wasn't just uh, at the end of a game and maybe handing off and doing some of those things that you, you usually do if you are got the game in hand. So um, we kind of wanted it to be early in that second quarter, uh, end of the first quarter, depending on how many series we'd had and what the situation was. So. Considering the rust, how do you look to you overall? Pretty good, uh, pretty sharp. You know, there, there's some little things that probably the average fan doesn't see where we forgot a motion and we, you know, we lined up wrong and didn't really fix that. And, uh, you know, some of those things, but he handled uh, some of the run game checks well and uh, 
got you know was 11 of 13 uh, threw the ball very accurate and so um, I thought for first time playing and, and having some game time here in, in a couple months uh, since training camp uh, I thought he did well so in the backfield, it was a bigger day for Algie Brown, Braden L. Bakri, K.J. Hall, Colby Hansen, Creed Richardson. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. <laughs> so um, that, of course, leaves uh, Jamal and Squally as the question marks. So Jamal didn't play, and uh, Squally got in and left relatively early. He was playing banged up uh, with, with, a, with a thumb injury, and maybe something else went on that day as well. What are those two guys' status as you head down the stretch with these last two games right now? Yeah, they're, they're kind of a wait-and-see um, you know, obviously it's Monday, so you're not sure uh, with Squally how, how the ankles will react, some of those things. But um, I think uh, he looked pretty good standing out there and was out for our walkthrough today. So I think he'll probably be okay. Uh, Jamal, I'm not sure on yet. We'll, he's kind of a, a wait and see how he's feeling uh, during the middle of the week here. He's a high ankle sprain, and it's right. uh, just tender, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it's just a matter of how quickly that thing, you know, gets to where it's feeling pretty good. So um, I think, you know, for the most part, we'll have have everybody up and ready to go and, and would love to have Jamal, but, um, you know, feel comfortable with those other guys having gotten the work they've gotten. Uh, EC uh, noted again about uh, how fast Tanner Mangum appeared to be compared to last year, and everyone was talking about this new element to Tanner Mangum's game. He broke a couple of long runs on uh, on Saturday and looked pretty good doing it. I don't think we're going to be calling the same stuff you might call for Taysom, but uh, as someone who can move around, we've always thought he could move the pocket pretty well and be mobile to throw. How did he uh, look in terms of uh, a downfield guy? Yeah, one of the things we joked with at the end of the game was it was nice to have an off season where he could actually train and and get in the weight room and, and run wind sprints and do all those things because I think, uh, you know, last year, first couple scrambles, he tweaks a hamstring and, you know, it's just a product <laughs> of not having run for two years very far. And uh, and so he's like, yeah, I feel, feel really good right now. And he's shown some of that in practice. So um, he's a guy that he's not going to be his own read guy and, and guy that takes off all the time. But but he is uh, mobile enough to get out of trouble and then hurt a defense if they are just going to play him for the pass. We are on BYU Football's Facebook page via Facebook Live. We're taking questions as you go to the comment section. They become your questions. We go live for Ty right there. Derek Hill asks, and I'll follow up off his question. He asks, what's the most important skill a quarterback needs to succeed in your offense? And I'll follow up with, is your offense, quote-unquote, going to be the same thing next year that it is this year? My inclination is maybe not quite. Yeah, I, I think – uh, the most important thing is just uh, understanding the offense and, and then being able to read defenses. I mean, I think in every offense that's the key uh, for every quarterback. It, my offense is no different than anybody else's. you got to be able to understand what you're seeing across from you and then know where you need to go with it. So making quick decisions and, and understanding that, that part of it's the biggest thing. And then, you know, next year obviously uh, – with Tanner, you won't have some of the zone read aspect involved, but, you know, we'll still um, would like to be very balanced in what we do, running and throwing. Um, but every game will be different. And, you know, I'm sure uh, if defenses aren't having to stay home as much, then we'll have a little more uh, play action involved on the backside of things to, to keep teams honest and from flowing too fast. So uh, there's different ways to, to get the same result. Um, and so every year, you know, you'll probably have to figure those things out on the fly with what you have coming back and, and what's coming into the program. It's all about playing to win the game, after all. <laughs> uh, you uh, this year told me, well, last week you said you knew coming into this year that, that this would be a run identity team, uh, run first maybe kind of the cliche, but your identity would be tied strongly to the run because of who, who you had back. You had a couple of uh, all-time runners in Jamal Williams and, and Taysom Hill. You lose both goes, th those guys next year, and you bring in kind of more of a gunslinger in, uh, in Tanner Mangum. Just for that aspect alone, could you see it shifting a little bit more toward getting a few more balls in the air? Um, I don't know. I hope we're always able to run the ball against teams. Um, that's kind of the hope because it, it gives you a single coverage outside. It, it frees some things up. So I hope we're not ever one-dimensional or, or feel like we have to be. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, with some of the run-pass option or, or run options that we give uh, Taysom, that may turn into more of a pass option for Tanner. So um, based on the look, he may have more opportunity to, to check pass uh, because there won't be that run threat as much with him on the edge. So um, I don't know. I mean, that'll, yeah. that'll be determined uh, as we go and start scheming. 
knowing there are still some things to be determined personnel-wise, even in recruiting between now and uh, and next year. Uh, how do you like your backfield crew uh, in terms of running backs you can see carrying the ball for you next season? Uh, they're all getting experience right now. And then you've got Riley Burt and Trey Dye that are redshirting that are getting work over with the scout team. And so you add those guys in there, and it's a very competitive backfield. And, and it may be a little bit more by committee depending on uh, what happens. But, you know, with Jamal, he's kind of that every down back and a uh, guy you felt like can carry the load. And next year, you know, maybe it is a little more by committee and, you're, you know, a couple change of paces in there. And so um, we'd love to, to make sure we keep guys fresh and get plenty of work for everyone. But um, at the end of the day, you, you kind of go with the hot hand and, and the guy that's making it happen for you. I've kind of hinted around with Ed and E a little bit about uh, Matt Hadley's future here at BYU because he's a special teams guy, he's a safety, and, and back in the day in high school he was a really good running back. Do you know where he ends up, and is he somebody you might look back at the backfield? Actually, Matt's uh, gotten a few carries in practice uh, earlier in the season just uh, as kind of a backup plan with trying to redshirt Trey and, and Riley. And so um, he's gotten a little work and, and – uh, I say a little. It's been a little. Um, just so, you know, if, if something happened, an emergency came up, he could go in there and do that. But, um, you know, every every year at the end of the season and before you start spring ball, you kind of look at your roster. And, and even last year, you know, Francis came to me and was like, hey, I think I want to play linebacker. I think I'd rather, you know, give that a shot and try to talk him out of it. But uh, his heart was kind of set on linebacker. And so – Worked out pretty well yeah, for the you, team and for you, him. Yeah, kind of – fill in your gaps with with the athletes that you feel like are the best fit so you know we may even pull a couple of those linebackers over next year uh depending on you know where we're at so every year it'll change and and you try new things but uh you know we're always looking for athletes guys that can do multiple things okay from byu football's facebook page a couple of questions before this uh, break uh from randy stewart how about the tight ends how does it look in the future there at that position yeah, we've got, uh, you know, some guys out there on the radar. We've got a couple on missions. Uh, one just came back off a mission. So, um, and then the, the guys we have playing are, are all young guys that uh, are getting great experience right now and, and proving that they should be in there. So I um, feel like we'll have a lot more depth in the years to come and, and more options to give us some different combinations out there. Russell Leslie asks a question to which I believe I know the answer, but we'll have Ty say it himself. Who's the number three QB at BYU right now this season? You know, um, with Bo redshirting, probably Coy would be the next guy up. Um, but he, I think he'd even like to redshirt himself. So, you know, we're kind of slow playing that. And I, I told him, you know, at halftime, I told Tanner, you know, I, I want you to get all the work you can get. So, you know, nobody else plan on going in. Uh, you're going to get uh, whatever we can the second half. And, would love that'll probably hold true the rest of the year so we wouldn't be surprised then if by the end of the year the only two quarterbacks the true quarterbacks that play would be Taysom and Tanner I hope that's the case because that means we don't have any injuries <laughs> exactly right <laughs> Cougar White asks before the break what are you guys drinking in those JCW cups I'm Diet Dr. Pepper how about you uh Diet Coke so you know I when I hit about 35 I figured I better turn to diet drinks because the weight wasn't leaving when I wasn't working out. So Yeah, it took, a, it took me a little longer to figure that out. It took me until about 45 until I figured that secret out. All right, we're back with a final segment with Ty Detmer. It's uh, the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner here at JCW's in Provo, back on BYU Football Facebook Live right after this. Welcome back. Coming out of the break to the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner here at JCW's in Provo. Legend Solar is a SunPower Elite dealer and proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation today. Find out how much you could save at legendsolar.com. This week's Coordinator's Corner is exclusively live on BYU Football Facebook Live. No radio this week. Back on ESPN 960 next Monday for our season finale. Ty, I think this is your season finale, isn't it, here on the radio show? It is. I think I'm, uh, I'm off next week, so... Um I, uh, that'll be our final one, I guess. Uh, so it's been great. Appreciate uh, appreciate everything and everybody out there tuning in. Yeah, it's been great having you with us all season long. The season has zipped on by as far as this show goes, and Ty's rotation comes to an end today. It'll be Coach Lamb and Co Coach uh, Tuiaki next Monday here at JCW's. Coach Lamb is coming up uh, just in a couple of minutes. We'll have a couple of minutes with Ty, then take a break, and then Coach Ed Lamb, BYU's special teams coordinator, is in the uh, second half hour of the show. Uh, another question from Facebook Live. Uh, what are the offensive needs you think in terms of depth relative to recruiting for next season? Well, you're always looking for the best players you can get. Um, so if you can upgrade at, at 
across the board, you try to do that. And so I think uh, going forward, you're always focused on offensive linemen. Um, you know, you'd love to get, you know, a couple uh, receivers every year and, and, and running back. And, you know, you just want to try to keep that uh, – Keep the youth coming in, you know, the young guys where they can kind of build and learn from the older guys. And uh, obviously tight end's been a big focus for us as well. So um, you're always out there trying to get the best players you can get, though, at the end of the day. So if that means you, you take an extra one at another position because the guy's really good, you do that. And so um, – but I think uh, overall, you know, we're out there just searching the country for the best players and the guys that will fit our program. It'll be good to have Louis Lapuahu back – presuming full health for a full season next year if you get him, right? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, he's, a, you know, been a great player here and a big guy that, you know, you, you can never have too many linemen uh, on either side of the ball. So I think we found that out this year uh, on the defensive side for sure. But uh, offensively, you want to you want to have as much depth as you can. And you're really your, your top ten should all be treated like starters and uh, feel like they can go in and play at any time. We're late enough that I presume Kiefer Longson's a redshirt uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Uh, he kind of had that knee injury coming in, and so we wanted him to, to get in and uh, how good's he going to be? Him. I think he's got a chance to be great. He's uh, he's a force over there. That that's all we hear about over there on the scout team is just keepers kind of handling people at times, and uh, so he gives great effort. And excited to see that young crew uh, in spring ball. Tanya Bennett with, I think, our final question for Coach Detmer on this week's show. Ty, how would you rate your success as a first-year OC? Is it different than your expectations coming into the year? Um, you know, I, I don't know. There was that, that sense of the unknown coming in. It's like, okay, <laughs> what's this gonna what's going to happen here at D1 level now? And, uh, you know, I've been, been uh, you know, excited about some of the things we've done, obviously, there's been some learning experiences on the way and, and room for improvement. Um, so, you know, continue to, you know, self-scout in the offseason, go out and do some professional development and meet with other coordinators and, and talk to them about, you know, some of the things they're doing. And Are you excited about that process? I am, yeah, because last year was really a whirlwind trying to, hurt, you know, hire staff and get everything in place and then implement our, our system. But, you know, more than anything, I think just us working on us is, is as big a deal where we can fine-tune things now that the guys understand the system and what's expected. We can kind of go into spring ball and – really shore up the little things and uh, not big picture stuff. So I'm excited about the offseason. Okay, last thing, a couple of thoughts about maybe UMass and the prospects of, uh, well, first of all, getting to 7-4, and four, but finishing off the season by winning out to getting to 8-4, and four, heading to San Diego, and how uh, able you think this team might be to do that. Yeah, uh, UMass is a, they're a talented team. You know, the record doesn't really show it, but they've been in some games. They played Mississippi State really close, uh, South Carolina. So uh, they've played some big-time schools. They're an independent as we are, so they, they have a tough schedule at times. And uh, they're athletic. They slant their line. They run stunts, twists. They'll blitz you. Uh, so they're going to give us a little bit of everything. We're just going to have to be tight in what we do and, and make sure uh, we're all on the same page. But, you know, our guys are playing well right now, and, and uh, hopefully with that bye week and then, a, you know, a nice win this week that we can go into that one with some confidence. And, and uh, it all comes down to execution though, every week, taking care of the football and doing the little things right to win games. Well, Ty, it's been great to spend this time with you uh, uh, two out of every three weeks throughout this regular season. Again, your season comes to an end today as far as this show is concerned. Uh, really good chatting with you, getting to uh, know your football thoughts and otherwise here on the program. <laughs> I know fans have enjoyed listening and, and watching uh, the program and hearing from you, and we just hope for uh, great things for you and the offense and the team moving forward. So uh, for this season, thanks very much for doing this, and we hope to do it again next year. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, you. that's Ty Detmer, Ed Lamb coming up next. So uh, fire up uh, the questions for Coach Ed Lamb on BYU Football's Facebook Live program Facebook page. Go to BYU Football on Facebook. Go to the Facebook Live broadcast. Your comments for Ed become our questions on the show. Ed Lamb, BYU Special Teams Coordinator, Assistant Head Coach, and Safeties Coach is coming up next here as we continue from JCW's in Provo, the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Back at JCW's in Provo, welcome to our second half hour of the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner brought to you by Legend Solar. Don't settle for any solar provider. Go with the Legend. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. A proud sponsor of BYU football. Our thanks again to BYU Offensive Coordinator and Quarterbacks Coach Ty Detmer for joining us in the first half hour. His season run is done. Our last half hour of this show is with BYU's Special Teams Coordinator, Safeties Coach, and Assistant Head Coach Ed Lamb. He and Coach Eli Satuiaki, defensive coordinator, have next week's show. 
as we conclude our regular season. Coach Lamb, welcome back. Thanks, Greg. Congratulations on uh, a sixth win and bowl eligibility for this program, a 12th straight year, and and we kind of hit it uh, on last week's show, I, I think, when I talked about bowl eligibility, but there are a lot of big-name schools and big-name coaches who will see their bowl streaks come to an end this year. No one should take for granted uh, playing in the postseason year after year, let alone 12 years. One of the longest streaks in the country, and you guys have kept it going, so congratulations. Absolutely. Big responsibility to, to be a player at BYU, to be a coach at BYU, and and we all accept that responsibility and uh, absolutely thrilled that the boys are going to have at least one more game to play with each other. Of course, uh, coaching staff and players' goals might exceed this, but did you think that uh, even in the back of your mind that just making sure that bull streak continues is a good starting spot for a first year of a staff doing a bunch of new things together? Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, we, we kind of I, – I think Kalani and I are, are similar in that you want to kind of simply state some long-term goals at the beginning of the season – and, and certainly a bowl game is one of them, a winning season. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not – you don't want to be talking about – when you're going for your third win, you don't want to be talking about chasing a bowl. And I think Kalani's done a really nice job all season long of making sure that our third win is our third win. And, and this week we're going for our seventh win. And last week it wasn't uh, so much about getting bowl eligible but beating a, a, an SUU team who was going to give us all they had. Didn't get to, I didn't get to talk to you last week about the, the, the build-up uh, to a game against your old team. But, man, alive, I can imagine the emotions – when you're lining up or coaching against uh, people that you were in rooms with and on sidelines with and on gridirons with for uh, seasons down in Cedar City. So what was that experience like from start to finish last week? Um, you know, I, I had to try really hard. I said this to a couple of other media members during the week. I had to try really hard just to, just to get to business, of the business of preparation for Southern Utah. And, uh, and it, it wasn't always easy during the week. There, there, in some ways, it was easy I, if I just think about the boys I'm coaching at BYU. But uh, even during the game, there were several times where an SUU player would, would make a play or even not make a play. And still inside, I felt, I felt for those guys. I felt happy for them when they made plays and, and disappointed when they missed plays that they mm. would maybe want to make. And, and having, uh, having mixed emotions during a football game about the opponent was something I've never felt before. What did what what transpired during the game that made you say, yeah, I, I knew I knew that I knew that guy would play well, or I knew we'd see this, or those kinds of things. Yeah, th well, I um, I really I said all week that, that their defensive line was as good as any defensive line that we played, and I think some people looked at me a little strange, but but uh, it, after the game, several guys, mostly on our kind of support coaching staff, who maybe don't watch as much video, they're doing more uh, in the weight room or academic room. A lot of those guys came up and said, man, those guys were really big on the defensive line. They were playing hard. And, and uh, so I was proud of the SUU boys for doing that. They lost their quarterback early in the year, which just kind of stymied their offense some. I think That was McCoy. Yeah, McCoy yeah. Hill. And, and uh, running backs and, and receivers they have. Offensive line is a, a little patchwork for them after uh, losing, you know, Kean and Andrew, of course. Uh, that, that was a little bit of a struggle for them. But defensively and, and overall team effort, uh, really, really pleased with the way that SUU's playing. Proud of those boys, and you know, wanted to win, but at the same time, wanted to see them doing well. And that's a, that's an unusual situation. Were you surprised to see Mike Needham uh, have to leave the game like that? Oh well, yeah, surprised in, in his decision. He, to his credit, uh, you know, he knew right away and, and was very apologetic on the field. And he stuck around. He, he came over to our locker room and stuck around until he and. Uh, Garrett uh, Jurgens came out of the locker room and he approached Garrett and, and apologized and apologized to his wife, and uh, and then and then hung around and waited for me too. And, mm. and you know we, we, that 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 type of character is what he has, and that's the guy we expect that he is. And I think just uh, frustration and mistiming and uh, everything goes into play like that. He's he's highly embarrassed about it. He'll never forget it. And a learning opportunity for everybody on the field. Not that you were coaching two teams out there, but did you feel in a way like you had two teams on the field that day? I, I did. Yeah, I did because I've never, I've never felt uh, at the same time both, you know, uh, disappointed when if like every time they made a play, I was happy for that guy. I mean, to see uh, Logan Parker absolutely race after that fumble and, and recover that and then and then see it pay off with a touchdown opportunity. I mean, that's a dream come true for that boy and, and to score in Lavelle Edwards Stadium is just, you know, that's something he'll never forget. And yet at the same time, you know, I, I'm disappointed because Micah, you know, Micah got beat on that play. And I'm, so I'm trying to coach him up and do the best job that I can. And, you know, it, it, it definitely didn't affect my approach or, or my work on that day. 
but it certainly was a, a very different feeling inside to be trying to manage and balance those two emotions. When Kalani came up to the booth for our postgame uh, conversation after the game on Saturday, we were talking about uh, how nice it would be if when BYU plays an FCS team in the future, that it was always either Weber or Southern Utah, that the in-state teams would, would be the teams you play, uh, you know, for all of a lot of natural reasons that, that make it important to a lot of people in the state. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Tay. Southern, Southern Utah, um, they, they've got a lot of things. They're, they're growing, they, and they have been for 25 years, growing faster than they probably should and, and probably have the resources for. But one thing I really pressed every the two presidents that we had there for was to push legislatively for uh, for for the Utah legislator to, p- to pass a law that said that Utah and Utah State should play Weber State and SUU on an alternating year basis. Um, Northern Arizona University has that. They, you'll, if you'll pay attention to their schedule, they always play either Arizona or Arizona State, and those schools, by law, have to pay them the going rate for an FCS guarantee game. And I think that, that uh, you know, to keep taxpayer money in the state for Utah and Utah State would be huge. In the case of BYU, we'd love to play them for the same reason. They bring fans up. It brings in-state uh, It brings in-state interest to the game and it's something that our players would take uh, I think more enjoyment from than say playing a Wagner or even an Idaho State. Coach uh, a question coming in from Adam Hjorth on uh, BYU Football Facebook Live. Coach Lamb did you feel that you had more of an advantage over SUU since you knew the team so well? Uh, pers- the personnel scouting report piece of it was really easy for me uh, because I, n- I know those guys so well. There are very few players playing on the field in significant roles that weren't there uh, during my time but um, I, I've mentioned this last week, too, to somebody. I, I think at times, our, our, uh, particularly the guys in my room, the special teams guys and the safeties, were kind of like, hey, Coach, we, we've got enough personal information on these guys. We don't want to hear about how good they are. Just tell us what they do, strengths and weaknesses. And, and, but I can't do that. Those, <laughs> those, those SUU boys are they're heroes to me for what they've done for me and the, the relationship that we had. And, and now the, the BYU boys are, too. But, uh, you know, there, there's just no way that I could could not bring a personal touch to talking about those guys. Aaron Murray on BYU Football's Facebook page. Coach Lamb, has it been a hard transition from being a head coach to being an assistant again? What determines, uh, and then separately, what determines if and when you do fake fake punts, fake field goals, etc.? Is that a coach's decision exclusively, or do players have uh, input on those decisions? Oh, yeah, great question. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't see... I wouldn't say it's it's hard to go from from head coach um, uh, to assistant. Uh, Kalani makes that easy. We have a prior uh, friendship. We were teammates. We have got a professional relationship as peers for a dozen years now or more. And and certainly, uh, it's different. And it's and that that has been uh, a challenge. I enjoy my job at BYU very much. But probably the simplest way to state it is I miss I miss being the head coach at Southern Utah, and that's the only time I was a head coach. So that that's the only frame of reference I can give it. As far as fakes go, um, every every game is a little different situation. Uh, just generically, the way that it happens is during the week, I'll prepare Coach Satake and our team with the fakes that I think the opponent uh, might be vulnerable to. And then during the game, we'll, we will look for those situations. It might be how the opponent's lining up. It might be a down-and-distance situation. Um, and it might be how you know how our players are doing in terms of what, what they're able to rip off during the week and how successfully they can execute whatever fake is drawn up. And then during the game, you know, it should, it's definitely Coach Satake's call at all times. Um, but it's my job to say whether or not I think it would be there in any given situation. And then he'll make the final sign-off, make sure that from a team standpoint, it's a risk that we want to take. And we're off and running. I want to ask you a field goal question before the break. BYU inside the 40 this year, 14 for 14 on field goals. Outside the 42 for 6. Yeah. How much uh, of an emphasis or is it important to you to make sure you've got a kicker on the roster who can give you scoring opportunities outside the 40, 40 to 50 even longer? Yeah. Well, well I'm oriented to to my first priority is to, to especially during the season is to create and develop the guys that we have. And and I've been working incredibly hard with both Rhett and uh, Mickelson. I thought that we were at a point where, where maybe Andrew would be the guy to deliver some of the longer field goals. He's got a little more pop on his leg as he swings through. Rhett is, is just really improved his accuracy, and, and he's shown that this year, done a great job inside of that 25-yard line when the ball spotted in tw- inside the 20. Well, 14 it, to 14 is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's doing an excellent job. So we, so uh, that's my priority right now. In the offseason, it'll be to, to always we want to recruit as many good players as possible and make sure that we have as many uh, coaching voices as possible, you know, from an offense-defense standpoint and players as possible at every position. It brings out the best. What do you know about Skylar Southam? 
Um, Skyler and I have good relationship. Yeah, we, we uh, of course, when, when I came here, he was still, uh, had not left on his mission. And so we were able to get up and, and watch him play live once. We brought him over to campus and met him and talked to him. And we've been in touch with him while he's on his mission. I, I, I sometimes have to make sure that uh, that we're crossing the right T's. He has committed already, correct, to BYU? He, yeah. yeah, committed. Yeah, yeah he's, and he's signed. a BYU guy. Yeah. Right. I, I had to make sure that he was actually yeah. signed for a minute there yeah. because, he, he yeah, he, he is, he's signed, signed and sealed and serving right now. Yeah. One more season away, is that right? That's correct. So yeah. he's back in two years. And, again, everything he showed in high school was big leg, great kicker, could be an excellent collegiate uh, kicker moving forward if all goes well, health and otherwise. Could he be a real special player that way? Absolutely, yeah. And, and everybody that we recruit, we have the, you know, we see their highest potential and we expect them to get there. And sometimes that's pressure that a, that a young man may, may or may not be ready for. But I, I absolutely see his highest potential. I'm super excited about getting him. All right, uh, long segment there. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, get more from uh, BYU Football Facebook page for Coach Ed Lamb. It is the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by Legend Solar. Coach Lamb with us until the top of the hour taking your questions on the BYU Football Facebook page. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. It is presented, as always, by Legend Solar. Owning your own power is easy and affordable with Legend Solar, official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. We're back after this. Back on the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner, time for today's I Am Flash flashback, brought to you by I Am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. And with BYU taking on UMass this week, we flash back to the first ever game that BYU played against a team from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. August 29th, 1985, it was the kickoff classic. I remember where I was. I was in an off-campus apartment watching this thing on TV. BYU played Boston College at the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, BYU put on the line a 24-game win streak, and behind 508 passing yards and three touchdown throws from Robbie Bosco, the Cougars beat BC 28-14, extending to 25 games, a school record win streak that would end the following week in Provo as UCLA beat BYU 27-24. I was in the stands, 35-yard line seats for that one. A tear to my eyes, that win streak came to an end. That was a hard one to take for a college kid that had never seen his team lose. I came to BYU in 1984 as a freshman down from Canada. They went 13-0 that year, beat BC to open the next year, and then we lost a game. I'm like, what's that all about? How does this happen? How does BYU lose a game? That's today's I Am Flash flashback brought to you by I Am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. We're with BYU's special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb here on the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Ten more minutes with Ed. You've got UMass coming up this week. Early look at the Minutemen. What uh, stands out to you? What stands out to me is their their organization. I think they're really well coached. In fact, I'll I'll um, make a comparison. I think uh, BYU this year with Coach Satake and and Coach Detmer has been a really well managed team offensively. We don't we don't often like for example in thirty long third and long situations put ourselves in positions where we're going to take a, a sack in a part of the field that may move us out of good punting range to poor punting range, giving up a good field position. We tend to manage the ball well through four down territory and, and get, get the ball in good field goal uh, uh, territory. We've done well in the red zone. And so I think, you know, we're, we're week to week, I'll sometimes watch games and go, wow, this game is so mismanaged. A, a team completely takes themselves out of the opportunity to win. And Ty and Kalani understand that, that if you're playing well as a team and the score's fairly close, there's times to take risks, and, and those times may not be when the score is close and, and you're playing you're playing fairly well, you know, punt, field position, all that stuff. UMass does an excellent job of that. They've been close in all of their games. They very well could have won a lot more games than they have. They're competitive on offense, competitive on defense, sound in both areas, sound on the special teams. It's a game that we have to have our full attention to um, it'll be a real challenge for our guys, a good opportunity for a quality win. There's a standout tight end that you'll be seeing this week as yeah. well and, uh, and and has put himself in, in really All-America territory, even with a 2-8 and eight team. So that's one player that in particular uh, uh, really represents well uh, for UMass. They come in, uh, they know they're not going to a bowl game. Uh, you come in, bowl game already secured. Challenge there at all to make sure your guys still have a sharp edge here. Absolutely, yeah. I think from, from a UMass standpoint at this point in the season, you know, this this could be their bowl game, their opportunity to play in front of kind of a national audience or at least a national fan base to play in a, a stadium that's going to be full or nearly full, and it uh, it may be the the most fans that they play in front of uh, this year. So um, it for them, they're going to be highly motivated, and and we've got to match that. We we have to bring energy, effort to this game, and realize what a, a valuable opportunity that we have. It is a we have an opportunity to have a a good solid win against a good solid team. 
from BYU Football's Facebook page. We're on Facebook Live exclusively this week, back on ESPN 960 next Monday. Casey Torgerson asks, if you see Trey Dye possibly returning kicks for you next year, is it possible to even think about to who's in the mix for next season there? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Trey, and Trey's certainly one of them. Trey's uh, redshirting um, this year, and, and so we'll, we'll kind of all of our goals for him are, are for the future. But really dynamic. I, <clears throat> he and, he and his, me and his father were seniors together at, at BYU, played together, and I was on the punt return team, took tremendous pride in that. And I, there's no way to really separate Trey from, from uh, his dad in my eyes. And so definitely want to explore his full potential in that area. I'm excited about him. One of my sideline reporters on the broadcast was James Dye for a couple of seasons. Good friends with James and uh, fun to have his uh, son here at BYU. Eric asks, uh, Kai and Mike have been playing really well. His question is, once those two are done, who are the guys that we'll see playing time at that position in the safety? Well, Mike has got another year. Yep. Um, our two seniors this year are Eric Takanaka and, uh, and Kai. And uh, both those guys play a significant number of snaps. Um, so uh, as we lose Eric and Kai, some of the other guys actually got some playing time here this last week, and a lot of them have been showing up on the special teams. We've got uh, Zane Anderson has played at the safety position. Sawyer Powell has moved from corner, brings a lot of speed uh, to the position, and is still growing in terms of his knowledge at the safety spot. We've got Tanner Jacobson, who was a starter at Texas Tech and the Big 12 uh, all-freshman team You know, before he made his transfer. He's played uh, quite a few snaps this year, and, 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 of course, Matt Hadley has played significantly forced at the safety spot and made plays also you know we, our philosophy is to recruit corners and to move some of those corners to safeties rather than recruit safety specifically so you know guys like troy uh, warner and and uh, dine lake you know they're they're their best potential and best opportunity to play the game at the highest level maybe at safety as we move along and bring in some some young corners so i think you know on an annual basis we'll just take a look at who the best guys are for the job you are number 14 nationally in kickoff return defense right now. I present that as I bring you a question from uh, Facebook, EC, uh, asking what you prefer on kick cover, uh, a touchback that brings out the 25 or coverage on kicks that yeah. end short of the goal line and give you a chance to keep that number kind of where it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a stat actually that's, that's really – uh, so uh, sometimes I think you can be too high in that stat nationally. Most of the teams that are up at the very tip top of that stat are teams that are kind of kicking sky kicks and pooch kicks. And, and, and so that stat, net kickoff yardage is the only stat that we go for. And, and that's something that I keep track of on a game-to-game -game basis. And we have certain goals that, that we aspire to. Um, kickoff return yardage defense is a worthless stat because you can be number one in the country very easily. You just kick, you know, sky kick the ball to the 20-yard line every time and give them six yards of return, and, and so we don't go for that. What I'm looking for is uh, – What's your yard line goal? Our, our yard line goal, we want to get the ball inside the 20. We want to get them down inside the 20. And to do that, you can't really sky kick. You've got to get the ball deep, deep enough that, that uh, you guys have time to get down the field and cover it but uh, not so deep that it's a touchback. So this, this week we actually had a few too many touchbacks. I wanted to get our guys more chance to cover and more guys into the game, and, and we kicked a few touchbacks, which is it's certainly not a bad result, but I think we can do better. Coach Tuiaki uh, chiming in on Facebook. Uh, tell Ed not to forget the wings. <laughs> yeah, well, Are you well, good on that? Hey, if he's going to be giving me a grief about this, i got to let it out there. He, he requested mild wings, and that's I think that just, he just completely turned down the opportunity to be manly and eat the hot wings like everybody else. So – I especially got him a mild wing, and I think that I think that's his code right there. He's trying to make sure that I bring the mild wings in. So you're saying if you're going to do wings, you do them one way. Yeah, you do, you do you do hot wings. We, or we, you don't do them at all. Yeah, we have our our staff room on defense is full of grown males, and there's absolutely no reason to have mild wings in there. Andrew on Facebook, what do you think of Kai's NFL potential? What do scouts like most about Kai Nakua? Kai has a, such a great feel for football, and he's he's uh, he's one of these guys that, that can play a lot of different sports. I, I think he's a guy that you could put him on in a sport. He's never played softball or racquetball or something like that, and he would just be able to do it. He just has a great feel for athletics. He's very athletic. I think um, you know potentially at the NFL level, um, even linebacker or or a safety that's really uh, defense that's really committed to putting a safety in the box, uh, kind of like Pittsburgh pick, Pittsburgh did with uh, Palomalu, mm -hmm. I think that could be a real good spot for Kai because he's physical, he reads the run really well, but he will he will uh, really challenge guys in pass defense. So I don't know what his 40 time is, and that's for the scouts to decide and all that, but there's not a player on our team that he can't cover, and, and more importantly, there's not a player that he faces on Saturdays that he won't really challenge in coverage. Last before the break, uh, Ryan Moody on uh, Facebook, and this question may only be partly tongue-in-cheek because he asks, 
how have you made Johnny Linehan into such a great punter this year? Because Johnny wasn't bad last year, but he's had a great year, I think. And, again, you have to look beyond, uh, you know, yardage to figure out what the impact Johnny's had on your team this year. Yeah, I, I think um, most of Johnny's progress, you know, I watched the video from last year, and we set some goals about his consistency, and that's that's the area that I'm really proud of him. I think he, he really trusts the guys around him. He's got a big a violent group of shield members that protect him and so he really his comfort level in what we call the punt pocket is really good and he's done just an excellent job of of allowing his strong leg and athleticism to do the work and we've got some guys that just run down on coverage and just live for that part of the game i've had two questions about this so i guess it's a big deal inquiring minds want to know uh, this uh version of the question comes from Stephen freeman any particular reason ed for your nike swoosh hat over the byu hat on game days Oh yeah, <laughs> um, so we we there was a one one particular week where uh, the guys um, on the field on the punt team said, "Coach, we can't see you." We do a lot of our punts is a, is a check with me. In other words, I take uh -huh. a look at what's on the field and then I send in a certain signal after we're lined up. And and one of our punt shield guys said, well, "A lot of us can't see you, and it's it's affecting the game." So I said, "Hey, you know, I asked uh, Mick Hill, our equipment man. Hey, can I get a?" Uh, the, a different color hat and so he, he gave me a different color hat but then pretty soon everybody on the staff wanted to you know they were just coming in and saying well I want the white hat too or I want the blue hat so half the staff was wearing blue and half white instead of the three play callers wearing a different color so, so we, were, like, we weren't solving the problem here yeah, at that point. forget yeah. this I'm gonna go buy my own hat and uh, actually uh, uh, Fui Bakapuna um, he, he came by he happened to come by on that same week and said hey I got this hat right here anybody want it I said give me that hat that'll be perfect for the sideline so it's like just a hat out of nowhere that becomes the hat of record now. Yep. There's the answer. <laughs> and again, multiple questions on that this week. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And a final word from Coach Ed Lamb as we wrap it up here on the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner at JCW's in Provo. Back in a second. Solar Coordinator's Corner. We are coming your uh, way live from JCW's in Provo. Again, just the last 60 seconds or so with uh, BYU's safeties coach, assistant head coach, and uh, special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb. Maybe I could ask you, Ed, as we leave, um, who were the honorees you wanted to single out from the uh, Southern Utah game uh, this past weekend, the 37-7 win? Maybe in those uh, you know, uh, awards, either special teams, champions, what have you. Sure. Well, um, we, normally we do a, a defensive champions, and the guys that um, you know are responsible for the, the safeties, you know, typically it's one or both of the starters, but this week uh, uh, Eric Takanaka got some significant playing time, played really well, caused a fumble, and uh, got an interception. So he Great was, one had to pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic pick. So he, he was recognized as a, a defensive player of the game. And then um, and both uh, Micah and Kai got, uh, got a champion's uh, recognition. On the special teams, uh, the two players of the game, I, I split it up. Uh, Garrett Jurgens had two tackles on kickoff. He had two uh, decleater blocks on the kickoff return as a lead blocker. And, and then uh, got blasted. From the off returner position. Yeah, he, he was blasted <laughs> and came back as the punt returner. He also had his best game in terms of total punt return yards yeah, this year. Yep, so really very productive in that area. Um, and then uh, Heva Lee, uh, you know, that last spring he came on as an, a guy nobody knew. He was sending me videos of himself working out. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I can remember these videos. He came out, uh, uh, ran some sprints, and impressed us at, at the one-day tryout, was invited back for the fall, and now has himself as a starting uh, kickoff player and made a, a, a wonderful, beautiful tackle inside the 15-yard line on kickoff. So a big moment for him and a great example for anybody else hoping to walk on. Excellent. Kudos to all those guys. Maybe a quick final thought from you on the, what you want to see out of your guys against UMass on uh, Saturday. Just full attention to the opponent, respect for the opponent that they deserve. Um, you know, this, this game isn't about – being bowl eligible. This game is about beating UMass, getting our seventh win on the season, and uh, we, we, we must. It's a, you know, it's a moral imperative to bring our very best each week and be respectful of the opponent. All right. Well, we're a little bit past 1 o'clock, but uh, our thanks for your indulgence, folks, on BYU Football's Facebook page for joining us exclusively on Facebook Live. We're back on ESPN 960 next Monday from 12 to 1. I will not be here. I'll be with the basketball team in Las Vegas. Spencer Linton will be sitting in for me next Monday right here as Coach Lamb and Co Coach Tuiaki are with you for our final coordinator's corner of the season. So for me, this is going to be it. Uh, Ed, thank you. Uh, it's been great talking to you, getting to know you a bit on the air and hear your thoughts on football and other stuff, all the questions you took and uh, the knowledge you shared with our audience. So I appreciate the season you've given me and us. Uh, thanks very much. I know you'll be back here next week, but uh, thank you for this year. Likewise, Greg. It's been fun. All right, that's Ed Lamb. We're going to wrap it up. This has been the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner from JCW's in Provo. We'll talk to you next week.